You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's have a look at the markets and the world's economies through the eyes of Joanne Bainham, who is from Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town. I was writing down a few things, as I do occasionally, Joanne, and I thought okay. about the perfect storm. And then with May coming up, and I wrote down, perfect storm, sell in May, go away. And I thought, OK, you've got the war in Europe. That's not going anywhere. You can go away in May as much as you like, but the war's not going anywhere. That's going to rumble on for a long time. You've got inflation. And I noticed the World Bank today says there's going to be a humanitarian food crisis because of the continually ramping up of food prices. For example, the basics, wheat. That was the World Bank warning. What else do we have? Uh, a few stocks like Netflix, which were the darlings of the exchange over the last two, three years, suddenly coming under pressure. And I thought, this is a recipe for disaster. But then I look at my screen and I see the S&P futures as we speak, as we pre-record this podcast, up around about 0.9%. I can't make head or tail of it, to be quite honest. That's why you're here. Okay, so everything you've said is completely true, but it's known by the markets in the sense that we know inflation's high. We know there doesn't seem to be any kind of cessation of fighting in the Ukraine. We know that food prices are going to create a humanitarian crisis. This is not unknown. So what happens at that point? Markets go, well, OK, we know about it. We can see where it's happening. Let's go long risk again. Now, clearly, if you're a bit more rational, you'd go, wait a minute. If people are going to buy these markets, let's sell to them. And I think that's the intelligent thing to do right now. So I think we've been in a buy the dip mentality for the last couple of years. I, I genuinely believe, as I said to you, I think the last time we spoke a month ago, I think there's a sell the rip. So I think it's entirely possible that April could be a strong month. We've got a few days left of it. Because, and I'll tell you why, because sentiment is so poor. If you look at all the sentiment indices, people are so, so negative right now. And, tends, and that tends to be a very contrarian indicator for equity markets. But don't be fooled. I don't think this rally is sustainable. And I think your point is very valid. I think you sell in May. I think the market's a very scary place right now. But, but having said all that, Lindsay, you've got to be careful which part of the market is scary because not everything is terrible. Uh, and on that subject, I read a really good piece from Orbis recently. Orbis, who runs global equity money, they're the, the founder of Alan Gray. And they were just saying that these might not be Tina any markets anymore because there are alternatives. Bond yields are going up. But they've become... Tasha market. What's that? Uh, <laughs> there are some healthy alternatives. Oh my goodness me! I'd oh love to have me. a job coming up with that <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> I'm going to no, come up with know, one for okay. the next time but we, let's we go speak. Back to your okay, let's go on. back to your comment though. You're saying is there's all this bad news out there? Well, if you're genuinely worried about oil prices. You can buy energy equities because they've come off the boil. Yeah. If you're really worried about inflation staying stickier for longer, well, a lot of these mining shares look quite interesting. I mean, I know they're complaining at the moment about cost price inflation and they're complaining that they haven't produced as much. But all those things just lead to commodity prices staying higher for longer. So their revenue line should look quite good. And I think commodity shares still have legs. Just before, you go, just before you go on, did you see the yes. Anglo-American stable of companies with their trading updates today or their production or their operational updates, however they describe it? I mean, I'm looking at my screen mm -hmm. now. Kumba Iron Ore down nearly 12%. Anglo-American PLC, the parent, down 7.5%. Anglo-American Platinum down a four, four and a third percent. African Rainbow Minerals down three and three quarters percent. 
I don't know why, but Anglos is not a small company. Okay, it's not as big as some of the other diversified miners, but it's incredibly influential and it's got completely clattered today. Okay, so two things on that. I, I watched a very good uh, Warren Buffett, Charlie Rose interview recently. It's an hour and a half, but I can highly recommend anyone watching it. And he said, to run money, you have to have the right temperament. And he said, what made him so unusual, makes him so different to everybody else, is he loves it when share prices fall, because if he's done his homework, he buys more. So if you look at these kind of incredible market movements, if you think ultimately the commodity prices stay higher because of supply issues, not demand, because of supply issues, yeah. well, then if you're a good stock picker, and you know they, these things are coming into your price ranges, you could probably buy some more. Remember, these things have rallied hard. So there's going to be movements where they, they fall very quickly. But if you look at the statements from these mining companies, they're basically telling the market there's going to be some a lot more supply shortages coming because they're not producing enough. Now, if you think about that carefully, that's actually quite bullish for commodities generally, and it's good for their prices going forward. So forget about a day-to-day -day movement who no one can really explain. I, I still think that looks interesting. And if you think the story's good, you should buy more. But it might fall a bit in the short term because what we are seeing at the moment is kind of more of a a risk on environment right in the very, very short term. And you're going to be selling the things that did well. So you'll sell your energy stocks, you'll sell your mining stocks. But I'm saying to you is take advantage of that because I still think that's where you want to be. That's the first point. The other point is on dollars, you know, the dollar is very, very strong at the moment. It's the, one of the reasons the rand's being weakening as well. If you've seen the rand's weaken the last few days. Yes. And dollar DXY went over 100 this week, which we haven't seen for a very long time. The dollar is very strong. When the dollar is very strong, commodity prices tend to fall. So you're going to be, it's all being exacerbated. But, but I have yet to read anything that tells me the supply story around commodities has suddenly improved. If anything, the reverse. So if you take back to your comment about you know, Russia, Ukraine and what's going to happen, I still think even if there's peace in Ukraine, which looks highly unlikely, Putin's going to be a pariah for, for years to come. I mean, I read something just before you and I talked now on oil. Apparently, the Europeans are planning to post the French elections so they don't plan to buy oil from Russia. They're going to stop it altogether. That's massive for the oil markets. So again, you know, I still think that the commodity story has legs. In the short term, it's anybody's guess. But I think on a portfolio construction perspective, you absolutely want to have real assets in your portfolio right now. I think your story is very interesting because if they want to buy, if they want to replace supplant, if you will, the Russia supply, they just phone up one of the other OPEC members or rather an OPEC member and say, OK, let's come to a deal here. You may have a cosy relationship with Putin. You may be geopolitically linked, whatever it is, but we need your oil. Let's get it going. And they just turn on the spigots. Saudi Arabia can do that, for example. And there are a number of other producers that can do as well. And they will behind the scenes because, you know, it's a murky business. It's oil business. Black gold is a murky commodity trading sphere. So I think they will turn it on. And ultimately, Russia will be choked off from the market. I do believe that. I do believe even China will eventually say, OK, we can't keep on supporting this regime. So I don't think it'll be as bad as a picture as you paint, Joanne. Well, look, I mean, one of the arguments was that oil could go to $200 if this happens. Yeah, and right. the, the theory was it wasn't going to happen if it was done over a, a certain time period. So it had a couple of months to come right. So they said exactly what you just said, Lindsay, that the Euro Europeans could phone up OPEC and say, thank you very much, we'll just buy more from you. To your point, though, about China and India and Turkey, 
if the price is right, I think they'll continue to buy from Russia. So uh, you're asking them to suddenly become incredibly ethical. I'm not convinced they will do. Europe's a different story. Europe might stand behind their word and won't do it. But will the Indians suddenly say, no, we don't want oil at cheaper prices? The Chinese economy looks pretty weak at the moment. If you can buy oil at cheaper prices, wouldn't you do it? I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's very difficult to call. I mean, the one side I agree with you, they probably will get money, get their oil from OPEC. There might be some short-term blips. But, but to say that the Chinese won't buy the oil, I think that's a big ask. Yeah, I don't think the Chinese worry too much about that sort of thing. I think they look after themselves rather than worry about the West. In fact, if they can if they can niggle the West a little bit, I think they will do so and use the Putin relationship in order to do so. Let's move on to other things now because you speak to fund managers on your television channel and also as a part of your daily business. Who have you been speaking to? What interesting conversations have you had since we had our last conversation? Okay, so I've been speaking to uh, local hedge fund managers, and a lot of them are saying you would be. This is the year to be careful. Um, it's going to be a tough year. So I think that's the kind of the overriding message coming through. Um, in terms of people that I've been listening to, interesting comments. A lot of people are still very bullish energy, uh, and largely actually not on the back of Ukraine, Russia, but because of ESG. So if you look at um, the greenification of the economy, if there's such a word exists. Um, and Europe, where it's going, and exactly your point, if they shut down the oil from, from Russia, I think um, energy stays well bid because these European companies don't, countries don't want to put money into dirty oil. So there's no new capex going to these projects. And I think that that's a long-term theme. So I think energy still looks really attractive. Funny enough, in the mining stocks, um, lots of different views. You know, you have guys who tell me, no, no, we wouldn't be touching mining stocks at the moment because commodity prices are so expensive. And even though the shares and price in those expensive spot prices, there's a real risk that commodity prices fall from current levels. So don't buy mining shares. So, And then you have other guys saying, no, no, we think the mining stocks look fantastic. Stay long of mining stocks. And that's difficult. Still, guys quite bullish about local equities generally, interesting enough, um, seem to think there's still great value in SA equities. But that, that sentiment can change very quickly. The RAND really weakens. Let's watch the space. Uh, I did think it was interesting that Barclays are selling their APSA stake or half their APSA stake at the moment. They truly believe that um, SA banks were really cheap why they're doing that. So that's something to think about. Uh-huh. And then in South Africa, you know, just we know at the moment we got load shedding that's just ramping up again. It's just utterly ridiculous. So I think a lot of the guys who were probably bullish SA domestic might be thinking twice about that right now. And then tomorrow, I'm speaking to a whole lot of global managers on their multi-assets decisions. And one of the key things I'm going to be talking to them is about the dollar, because the dollar is very strong at the moment. But can the dollar strength continue in an environment where the Americans have expropriated Russian dollar reserves? The Chinese must be looking at this and saying, do I really want to be beholden to the Americans? I don't want my reserves to be taken away from me if I do something wrong. I think there's some very interesting changes afoot. Can the central bank actually raise rates enough to curb inflation, especially if that inflation, as you've been talking about earlier, supply-led? And are markets being far too complacent in the, in the fact that inflate, I mean, liquidity is going? So short term, I think markets could rally because everyone's so negative. Longer out, I think there's some genuine reasons to be concerned about markets. However, what do you do with your money? Being in cash is not a great investment because, you know, in real terms, you're going backwards. Bond markets look absolutely dreadful at the moment. And maybe when that's 3.5% on treasuries, everyone will be piling in. But we're not there yet. 
And equities, long long duration assets look terrible if you're in the growth stocks. Just look at Netflix yesterday. Mm. So maybe you need you're kind of forced to buy some of the Tasha equities. (laughs) There are some whole. Can't believe you've come up with this Tasha thing. No, no, but I mean, I genuinely I think people always fixate on the US and they fixate on these Fang stocks. But if you look beneath the surface, there are lots of companies on decent PE multiples with good cash flow, you know, that aren't exorbitantly expensive, that are still having decent earnings. Not everything is exorbitantly expensive. Not everything's American. So I think there are opportunities in the markets. But equally, I think the the risk is that riskier assets fall right now because of rising interest rates. So it's now not time to be brave. It's now time is to preserve your capital. Tell me what Tasha means again. Just before you go, because otherwise I'll forget it. What does Tasha mean again? The acronym Tasha (laughs) there? It's from from Orbis Optimal and well, Orbis's fund. And they said there are some healthy alternatives. But just very quickly before I go there, I listened to a very interesting conference call from 91 yesterday on there, you know, how much money should you have in offshore assets? Not, Not equities particularly, but how much money should have in offshore assets given the new ruling in South Africa that we can now have 45% of regulation 28 portfolios. Right. And what was interesting from their point of view is that, yes, you could have quite a money, lot of money in offshore assets and a living annuity, provided you didn't draw too much money every month. But when you start drawing more than 5% a month, be very careful how much offshore equities you, or offshore assets you have because of the RAND volatility. But having said all that, the most interesting they said, thing they said was that if you're putting your money offshore at the moment – don't put it completely into equities. And I think that was a really interesting point they were trying to raise, that maybe it's time to put money into balanced funds where a manager can move between cash, bonds, and equities. And what they didn't talk about was offshore hedge funds, which I think the market is absolutely desperate for offshore. I mean, local investors who invest offshore need to desperately have hedge funds in their multi-asset portfolios or their model portfolios, because if you're just relying on equities at the moment to make you money offshore, I think that's going to be a very dangerous game going forward. Joanne, thank you very much for your insight. Joanne Bainham is from Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.